Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chicanery. It is, as per usual, it is your host, Danny. But, unlike usual, it is just Danny. Uh, I'll stop referring to myself in the third person. But yeah, it's just me this week. Uh, my uh, wonderful co-host is otherwise uh, indisposed at the moment. And at any rate, this is going to be a slightly different episode from usual anyway. Um, this is going to serve as an update uh, episode of sorts. Uh, the F1 news cycle has been relentlessly churning away here these last couple weeks. And I wanted to get a uh, just get an update out on certainly some of the talking points and some more recent developments sort of in that time frame. You know, of course, we have had uh, the car reveals. Uh, since that time, all ten, all 10 teams have unveiled their cars. Uh, in fact, preseason testing is actually taking place as I record this episode. Um, and then just some updates on the stuff that we did in the um, F1 news cycle update from a few weeks ago. But first, a word from our sponsor, Homefield Apparel. Homefield is venturing into the thrilling world of racing with the Hendrick Motorsports Collection, which drops Friday, February 23rd at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Based out of Indianapolis, you likely already know Homefield for their high-quality, officially licensed collegiate apparel. And you probably also know that they have more than 180 schools on their roster, so there's more than a little something for everyone. I mean, seriously. They even have my local D2 school, Wayne State University. Given Homefield's storied legacy in throwback college apparel and their commitment to quality, moving to racing apparel seemed like the logical next step, and that's reaffirmed in their meticulous approach when designing the Hendrick Motorsport Collection. Iconic logos, legendary drivers, and unforgettable moments, this collection is a celebration of the golden era of NASCAR. Here at Victory Lane Vibes, we're super excited to get our hands on what Homefield has cooked up. Their collegiate wear is second to none and in concert with some of the most legendary names in NASCAR history and one of the most legendary teams in NASCAR's history, the Hendrick Motorsports Collection is sure to be a banger. To learn more, visit www.homefieldapparel.com. Their online storefront is easy to navigate and very convenient, making it that much easier for you to proudly represent your favorite drivers and relive NASCAR's glory days this season. And be sure to use promo code VLV24 for 15% off at checkout on your first order. Again, the Hendrick Motorsport Collection launches on February 23rd at 10 a.m. Eastern. Thanks again to Homefield Apparel for supporting this podcast. But alrighty, let's get into it. So first of all, is like I said, um, it was car is car debut season. Um, certainly, some interesting things to kind of be gleaned from all of this. You know, the kind of the overwhelming feeling was you know lots and lots of carbon. It's worth noting that uh, the teams have been working really, really hard to make it down to the minimum weight requirements these last couple years, and so. We're seeing more extensive use of bare carbon as a way to strip off, you know, precious grams and try and find a little bit of performance. Um, perhaps unsurprisingly, that provoked some consternation from the uh, broader F1 observing crowd, you know, boring liveries and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, I personally didn't really feel like it was that bad or that big a deal. Um, 
F1 is engineering led first. You know, we are so far removed from, frankly, the goofy stuff of the, the 90s that it feels purely like apples and bananas, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. But even then, you know, still the um, Aston Martin livery is gorgeous. The new podium green color that they're using for this season to tie in with the launch of the Vantage GT3 and just the road car Vantage um, is a fabulous color. The uh, new Visa Cash App Red Bull let me find 20 bucks between the uh, sofa cushions livery. I mean, it's very Toro Rosso, which truth be told only serves to further confuse the branding of this team. Um, clearly, the second team in the Red Bull racing structure as a whole is upgoing some upheaval uh, to almost two years on from the uh, passing of uh, Dietrich uh, Mateschitz. And so it'll be curious to see quite what happens with that. But the livery is gorgeous. You know, we're seeing some silver back on the Mercedes this year. Uh, still predominantly black. But silver with the sort of Patronus slash Mercedes EQ teal. Um, teal slash blue is kind of fun. It actually reminds me a lot of the Formula E. The Mercedes, the EQ Vesta. Um which is not necessarily a bad thing. I thought that was a great-looking car, and I honestly think that this is more fun. Um, you know, now, and of course, you know, we got a surprise release with, um, livery debut, rather, not too long after Christmas with the uh, McLaren livery, and then you know, we got a proper car launch, and, you know, so on and so forth. You know, Red Bull is kind of same as always. But, you know, the biggest things is, like I said, we've got a running of, um... Free practice now, it's, or sorry, not free practice, rather preseason testing. You know, I guess functionally they're not that different, but um, <laughs> that's besides the point. We've um, we've got a day of running, um, and it looks like the RB20 is again effectively the Death Star of the field. You know, it's worth noting that these times should all kind of be taken with a pinch of salt. Um, we we'll see in particularly the next couple of days. Um, really what the sort of competitive pecking order is likely to be. Um, you know, Mercedes has got the funky new wing, ironic, or funky new front wing, rather. Ironically, Red Bull is going to a side pod concept that's remarkably similar to what Mercedes tried at the start of the, uh, the regulations change. Um, so, I, I don't know. Um, like I said, we really haven't established the true pecking order. Uh, competitively, um, but at least, you know, between um, the Red Bull second team and uh, particularly the Ferrari with the introduction of some of that white and yellow, we do have some very pretty race cars on the grid. Um, but speaking of Ferrari, another, uh, there's, I guess, more news on Lewis's move. Um, a couple of things. Uh, it was reported, actually, yesterday by some sources fairly close to the Mercedes team, that apparently in 2022, uh, Lewis and his camp noticed a subtle but noticeable shift towards uh, Russell's side of the garage. Now, it's worth noting that Mercedes has never explicitly laid out number one and number two. It's worth noting that Valtteri kind of got beaten into submission and became sort of a de facto number two driver. But... The contracts are structured as such that both drivers is, you know, equal number one status within the team. But 
apparently it didn't go down super well given that Lewis had literally just gotten out of a slugfest of a title fight the year before that was then poorly officiated to the point where he was the losing party. And then have Mercedes seemingly erroneously put their eggs in Russell's basket and seems to have left a sour taste in the Hamilton camp's mouth, collective mouths, as it were. Um, but beyond that, it really does, it has been very highly or heavily reported that Mercedes really does seem to be ready to move on from the Lewis Hamilton era. It has also been reported that apparently Lewis was trying to negotiate for a longer term contract, you know, something like three or four years. Um, I guess it would have effectively probably been his final contract, given that that would put him at 43, 44 years old when it was up for renewal. Um, but it it seems like Mercedes is making room for uh, junior formula prodigy Andrea Kimi Antonelli, which is a absolutely fabulous name, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, so apparently he was only offered a one plus one, so a one year guaranteed with a potential uh, additional year to be picked up by Mercedes should they wish. Um, the idea from everything that has been re reported, the idea was that Antonelli does F2 this year. Williams next year, and then Mercedes in 2026. Now, of course, because Lewis is flying the coop, it sounds like this perspective timeline has been pushed forward a year, and this is where it makes the uh, 2025 driver market particularly exceptionally messy. Uh, is because of the unknown at that Mercedes seat. You know, does Carlos go? It sounds like Perez's time at uh, Red Bull could be coming to an end. Does he go? Uh, Alonso is in a contract year. He could potentially go if he feels like he wants to continue to deal with the rigors of modern Formula One. So we don't really know. Um, like I said, there's just a lot of, you know, again, we alluded to it in the uh, initial episode about the F1 driver market. But 2025 is going to be nuts and uh the fact that lewis is the first domino to fall in some ways only intensifies that frenzy given that there are a lot of good perspective options as a lewis replacement but there aren't necessarily any that will potentially be plug and play in quite the same way that or i guess plug and play in the way that it can replace lewis rather um, so it's just, yeah, it's going to be mm, ridiculous and messy. And certainly if you're a fan of Formula One, it will be barrels upon barrels of fun. But they are just, you know, with the potential musical drive, uh, drivers, musical chairs, pardon me. Um, you know, who knows quite what we're going to end up. Um, but the funny thing is that certainly if the, this, bit of the latter bit of reporting is true it makes it abundantly clear that lewis is not ready to throw in the towel yet you know everybody figured that a retirement announcement was effectively imminent with everybody figuring he was going to retire out of mercedes and then he like he's gone and signed at least a couple year deal with ferrari I don't, you know, don't know if it's, you know, he just simply feels like he can keep racing, um, I guess just because he wants to, or if he's doing it, 
because he's still feeling a bit sour about 2021. I mean, who knows? But but Lewis is hungry. Mans is hungry. And I am genuinely excited to see what happens, what goes on uh, with Ferrari later. Um, but in less positive news, but in almost a seismic um, Red Bull Racing Team boss, uh, Christian Horner is under investigation for alleged poor behavior against, uh, or towards rather, a uh, female employee of the team. It is not being reported very heavily what exactly it is, and if you've paid attention again to the, the reporting on this topic, quite the nature has shifted in a, a few times. It was alleged to be sexual harassment, and then it shifted to be something managerial, and now it's sounding like it could be coercive. And I guess, well, I, just to be blunt, it can be all of those things simultaneously. One does not necessarily beget the other. Um, but it's, whatever it is, the allegations, it's yucky. So much so that it was reported that before undergoing a rigorous internal investigation as it has been deemed by some external sources that Christian was asked to just resign and hang his head but be able to leave in some level of grace, which is generally not a good sign. Um, you know, again, it's worth noting that Red Bull is being exceedingly tight-lipped to the point where even perpetual chatterbox uh, helmet Marco has learned the art of shutting the hell up and is letting the investigation sort of get on with it. Um, it was theorized that um, this might be done before the Red Bull car launch, the RB20 launch. Um, obviously, that did not happen. In fact, Helmet, or Christian Horner, rather, took center stage for that. So clearly they're working through it. Red Bull is trying very, very hard to pretend that nothing's really happening. Which, well, I guess sort of the annals of history and the benefit of hindsight will truly be able to um, will truly be able to uncover as to whether or not that was the right decision. But it is uh, it's not good. And in fact, actually, today it was reported by uh, the the Dutch um, arm of Viaplay that. It seems like a firing may be imminent. Again, given how tight-lipped uh, Red Bull has been, I wouldn't bet money on that, but it's been not great. Um, but curiously, um, and this is just a bit of fun speculation and what is an otherwise horrendous story, if true, is that there was renewed chatter about Adrian Newey's... Um, contract with the team and there's basically he has an escape clause that says if um basically if horner goes he can bail and that's curious because uh, fred Vacher at ferrari is clearly assembling something of a super team a la uh jean Tant at the uh just before the turn of the millennium and Adrian has expressed time upon time upon time again that he would love to work with Lewis. So, assuming uh, Fred basically scraps the current design and technical team, 
and also in doing so sort of design or scraps those structures there could in theory be an opening it would mean it wouldn't be as early as 2026 given the mandatory gardening leaves as they call them to keep um keep personnel like Nui from taking that information elsewhere but it's just again it's a fun bit of what if and what is an otherwise frankly disgusting and horrible story um so again you know there may be maybe on the on my socials or on uh, the victory lane vibes socials uh, at vl vibes podcast on every platform um maybe there will be an update should this conclude here in a somewhat relevant time frame but for now that's just about all we have on the uh the christian horner saga but moving on sort of the future of um i guess team stake kick kick stake sauber gambling company uh, <laughs> um and it is interesting um because of course we know that the whole kick slash stake branding is it's but a temporary measure until audi comes in and takes over uh in 2026 but the um we're already this marriage is already or maybe marriage of convenience i don't know think of that uh insert analogies here as you may but but um yeah it's not we're already not off to a great start so, you know, of course, being a gambling house, um, you know, there are lots of regulatory filings and, you know, lots of bureaucratic red tape to wade through. And apparently, Stake has just said, nah, and just decided not to. Um, apparently, Stake doesn't not actually have or did not submit the sufficient required paperwork to be able to operate in Switzerland, which is actually Sauber's uh, home country. And so much so that um, the Swiss government has effectively called them on their nonsense. Um, again, there's, because the bureaucratic wranglings take a considerable amount of time, there isn't a ton of uh, information, but it is suggested that this could potentially throw the um, state sauber tie-up into disarray depending on quite how this goes federally um and that's curious because the 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 knock-on effect the butterfly effect that could take place as a result of this is huge you know the big thing with these two years of stake was sort of sauber getting its house right for the audi takeover uh it is no secret that last year in the slip of the big slip in the constructor standings was deflating for the team and it's also enough that apparently it's given even Audi a little bit of pause about going through and doing this and so to basically have two years worth of money just evaporate or a year worth of money in development depending on how long this takes evaporate as a direct consequence of a crypto slash gambling house being shady um wouldn't be an atrocious look and it would potentially be enough for the audi board or i guess sort of broadly uh, the volkswagen group board to terminate the partnership terminate the deal and that could be catastrophic for the sort of the long-term health of sauber 
which has been sort of spotty at best, really, since the team's inception in the 90s. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's messy, and it really only goes to further drive home the point that, you know, for as much as uh, the uh, FOM statement talking about Andretti not bringing anything to the table of Formula One being potentially detrimental um, to the series. This is so, 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 so much worse. Um, I mean, this would be farcical on a level that we have not seen from a team since MasterCard Lola, Andrea Moda. And I guess if you want to talk about financial crimes, then uh, the Onyx Moneytron team of the uh, late 80s at the hands of Jean-Pierre Van Rossum. And, you know, and that was when F Formula One was a true uh, horse, uh, dog and pony show. So, I I don't know. Like I said, it only further serves to make the FOM rejection of Andretti look even more stupid given this. But... We will we'll have to see what kind of happens going forward. And speaking of absolutely farcical events, um, the Singapore Grand Prix. Apparently there were some corruption charges. The former uh, transportation minister, S. Iswaran. Uh, I probably butchered the hell out of that. And for any Singaporeans that may be listening, I am very, very sorry. Um, but the point is that he was charged on... Um, 27 counts of corruption. Uh, there was a, an investigation that started in late 2022, early 2023. He effectively resigned, hoping that he might be able to lose a little bit of the heat as a direct result of that. And, well, clearly that's not worked. <laughs> um, it's worth noting that he's pled uh, not guilty to all charges. But the result of this has led um, Singapore government uh, to sort of review the terms of the uh, Formula One race. Um, it's also worth noting that a sort of a Singaporean hotelier, uh, Ong Beng Seng, again, I probably should have looked this up before I started recording, but I am a consummate professional here at Chicanery, and I will do nothing of the sort. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, he's also swept up in the investigation, uh, apparently price-fixing of uh, hotel rates and what have you for the race. Um, now, curiously, the Singapore government is made it abundantly clear that they, at the very least, want to run out the existing contract uh, for the Singapore Grand Prix, which runs up until uh, 2028, I do believe. Um... However, this is not a good look, and it could potentially lead to some reviews, and I could absolutely see, depending on how this investigation shakes out, there being sort of shaken faith in sort of the Singapore Grand Prix, both from FOM um, and just from uh, race organizers and promoters as a whole, because it's worth noting that this in this, in theory, these arrests are just the tip of the iceberg, and we could see some um, further promoters and people who are near the Singapore Grand Prix get swept up in all of this. So it's not entirely clear sort of what's what's going on there. Um, but 
we'll just we'll just have to see what happens. But it would not surprise me if the Singapore Grand Prix fell off the calendar and say 2026 or even 2025, uh, citing this corruption probe. And to sort of round things all off, since this is where we're at right now, is indeed F1 preseason testing. So, you know, again, we had some running, like I said, alluded to at the top of the show, we don't have a real view of the competitive order, but it is worth noting that the, F, uh, the Red Bull, the RB20, is currently top of the table, um, running something like near enough one and a half seconds quicker than the second fastest car, which I do believe out of my final check was uh, Lando Norris and the new Mercedes, or good lord, new McLaren, rather. Um, <laughs> and I do believe uh, Verstappen set that time on the um, C3 compound, so not running the softest tire available. Um, so, like I said, you know, lots of um, variables, lots of unknowns. And it's also worth noting that when Max made that final run, track conditions had improved quite significantly. So, we in theory should see some times tumble. Um, it is important or to stress or interesting to stress it's an interesting tidbit to note that Lando actually was very briefly top of the table uh in day one of testing uh earlier this uh, earlier this morning rather which I guess would have been sort of midday in Bahrain but um so there could be something vaguely interesting going on with the sort of with this year's uh, competitive order, but we will truly just have to wait and see what happens. Um, but with that, thank you very much for listening to this um, again, sort of an update video and a solo show. Um, I don't know, could potentially do more of these in the future, depending on how folks like them. But this is here to satisfy um, Brian, particularly for. Um, sort of jumping up and down at the quotes um softballs that the f1 news cycle has been throwing at chicanery here uh this last little bit so didn't want to leave you hanging but at any rate thank you so much for listening folks uh until next time